0: Hey, everybody, listen, I've got some news about Georgie the cat. I'm going to tell you because I know everybody loves Georgie the cat. Oh, Shane, how's Georgie? That's all I get whenever I'm out there gigging, saying hello to people out in the street, the fans of Shane's brilliant podcast, Shady (laughs) X. All I get, I don't get, hey, Shane, how are you? How's Kira? How's your mother? How's your uncle that you try and block out of your memory from your childhood? How's all that stuff? I don't get any of that. I get, how's Georgie? 99% of the time, where's Georgie? How is Georgie? First of all, she's a fucking cat. Calm down. (laughs) Right? Second of all, if you knew what she was really like. It's like her public persona is this cute kind of Jack the Lad kind of vibe. But behind it all, it's a dark, dark story. It's like in the Johnny Depp trial. Everybody is like, oh, Johnny Depp. You know, he's a lovely guy, he's handsome, he's a scissor's hands, he can do anything. He can have scissor hands and one thing, he can be a mad hatter, he can be a drug dealer, whatever. And then they say, oh wait, he's a, he's a hash head behind it all. Oh my god, he smokes hash. <laughs> Johnny Depp smokes, oh Jesus Christ, and then he let me down, right? And Georgie is a bit like that because she fucking... I've got scars... Physical scars and emotional ones From this little bitch She is violent She screams at us at 4 o'clock in the morning For no reason right into your face She bites your fucking tits She eats your nose She licks your eyeballs right And you get up and you're like Georgia your food is full Your water is full Why are you doing it And you know what it is It's pure malevolence That's what it is From this cat because she's got everything she needs. Loving parents. It's a sort of parent. Me and Georgie were like the father and Gle- Gregory Peck in The Omen. All right. <laughs> he loves his son, even though he's devil spawn. And that's what I'm like with Georgie. All right. She's, she, you know, she, she's tough. To, when she dies, when she finally shuffles this mortal coil, I will write a tell-all book, My Life with Georgie. Scars. And Scratches, that's what it's going to be called And it's going to be a bestseller Because There is a dark side to her, that's all I'm saying But I'll tell you what happened, right Today I got up to go On my break To get muffins and mace Now I'm a big muffin man that recently Got muffin mad If you see me, 99% chance I'll be in the process of going to buy a muffin Or having recently Eaten a muffin and have a muffin packet in my pocket. I'm gone off bars and biscuits. I'm gone hell for letter into the muffins. Cuisine de France. And I have this thing about Cuisine de France. I don't know what it is. It's because I grew up semi-deprived. <laughs> on the mean streets of Gallowsfield. And Cuisine de France to me. Was sort of some sort of exotic. Uh, rich people's food. It was rare in the Clifford household you would have a baguette. Okay? It was rare. Not often there'd be a baguette in the house. Uh, So when I see Cuisine de France, it's sort of a status symbol. It's like, look at me now, mom. You said I'd never amount to anything. Well, now I'm buying Cuisine de France muffins. Because anything, I think in the 90s, where I was from, anything that was French, had had a French name, was, like, exotic maybe even slightly erotic. I'm not saying I masturbate to (laughs) Cuisine de France muffins, but I mean, it was sort of a tantalizing thing to the Cuisine de France. All right? So in my head now, I go for the Cuisine de France because when I was young, I'd be, Mom, look, can we have a Cuisine de France baguette? She'd go, No, get the Tesco value sliced pan. Who do you think you are? Who Who do you think we are? From Oak Park. Now, that is a very specific truly reference that no none of you are going to get unless you're from Trulli. But it's like Oak Park would be like the ranla of uh, truly, And they would have cuisine. When you walk up there, all you can smell is cuisine, the French fucking muffins, pastries. Like I didn't have a croissant till I was 26. Okay, that's how erotic, I keep saying erotic. <laughs> Exotic fucking getting erections every time I go into the bakery section no but anyway I goes to get my cuisine to France say hi to my friends in the shop because I I made friends with shopkeepers I think maybe a lot of us did during the pandemic because I know my friends are all down in Chile the only people I saw on a day to day basis was Georgie the cat Kira my fiance and shopkeepers from the shop down the street so I made friends with them I talk to them now they come to my gig sometime they're from Pakistan and India. They teach me words. I know the word uh, brother. I say, "Hey, bye, Jean." They go, "All right, bye, Jeanne. And if the girl one is there, I go, "Hey, uh, behenji and she goes, "Hey, bye, Jean." And I know "muti," which is a rude word. You should never say it to anybody. Anyway, talk to them. Get my muffins. Happy as Larry, you know. Once I have my mu- once I have my cuisine, de France muffins in my fucking hand. There's no stopping me. Or I'm whistling, I'm fucking like, uh, what's the name? Gene Kelly and singing in the rain. I'm dancing. It's like a musical. When, I've, <laughs> when I'm when I walking home with my muffins, it's like a fucking musical. I'm swinging around lampposts. I'm doing handstands, right? And I come around the corner. Now, Georgie, usually what she does is, when I go to the shop, she will f- follow me, all right? Uh, strangely enough. And everyone thinks it's cute. She'll follow me down to the corner wait on the corner for me and then when I come back she will walk back up home with me right and everyone's like oh my god that's so cute I've never seen a cat do that before all the neighbours where's your and every time I'm down, walking down the road where's your little friend there she is oh she's following you that's amazing and I'm like yeah that is amazing but it's only amazing because she's a cat alright and cats don't usually do that but if it was me what if Kira was going to the shop and I followed her every time, waited on the corner. And when she came back, walked her home. You wouldn't say that was cute, would you? No, you'd say that's fucking crazy, creepy, stalkerish, controlling behavior. But just because it's a cat and you, they don't know Georgie behind closed doors, it's like I said, it's pure malevolence. <laughs> She's walking me down to the fucking corner because she doesn't want to see me play with other cats or something. Okay It's definitely not out of Goodness of her heart So I come back Georgie's Just on the corner And when I look at her I say hi Georgie She goes Well she doesn't say anything She's a cat But just behind her I see on the street Diarrhea Cat diarrhea Okay And cat diarrhea Worst diarrhea there is Let me tell you I've seen all sorts of diarrhea Right (laughs) Human diarrhea It's pretty bad Dog diarrhea, that's, uh, you know, vile, but cat diarrhea, it looks like chicken teak and masala, it'll put you off your Indian takeaway for six months, it's horrible, and I was like, oh my god, I hope that's not Georgie, because despite all the abuse, I still love her, so I bring her home, and I'm like, oh, I hope she's not sick, because, you know, you get worried. And I, I look at her hole. Now, Kira is working from home. She's on the computer. She's got a meeting. She's got her headset on. She's talking shop. I'm coming in the door with the cat. And I'm looking at her arse. So I can't see any signs of any diarrhea. You can't, How else are you supposed to know if a cat has diarrhea? Without looking. If that is your cat's diarrhea. I mean, the chances are that it was. Because it was right next to her. But I had to be certain. So I did what any fucking man who loves their cat Will do (laughs) I picked her up and I sniffed her arse Now Kira just turned around at that point And out of context Out of context Without knowing Why I'm doing it Without knowing what the reason is The altruistic reason is For me sniffing my cat's arsehole Is It looks weird I will give her that Okay (laughs) She had a look of disgust in her face Like what are you doing Like, why am I with this man who is, after coming in the door with fucking six muffins in his pocket, sniffing his cat's hole, I was like, oh, she has diarrhea. As if that's help. (laughs) As if that's helping the situation. I'm only sniffing it because she has diarrhea. But I wasn't doing it in a sort of perverted, sexual way. (laughs) Right? It was just like, how else are you supposed to know? How can you tell? You can't ask her. She's not going to tell you. So I had to take a sniff. And I could tell instantly, my olfactory senses went fucking overload. I could tell instantly that, yes, indeed, it was Georgie that had the diarrhea. All right. So then I knew that it was her. Now, you might think Is, that's disgusting or whatever, but I think that that's a sign of true, of love, of love for your cat. Now, Kira might think that's fucking going a bit too fucking far. I think that's what she thinks. <laughs> she Kira has this thing that I love the cat more than her. All right. Which I don't. But me and Georgie lived together for a fucking two years in this small apartment together. While Kira went out to work in a supermarket. I had, was living inside this tiny apartment with a cat. It was a Stockholm Syndrome, Syndrome situation. You know. We, we hate each other but we can't be without, <laughs> without each other. So me and her have a special bond. And I, I like to think that if I had di- diarrhea, she would sniff my arse to see if I'm all right. Anyway, I just want to let you know that if you have a cat that you suspect might have diarrhea, all you have to do, sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com for slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It's a new service I'm putting out. DM me five euro for me to go to your house and sniff your cat's arsehole now there won't you can have it will be fully supervised I will not be alone with your cat <laughs> you can be there at all times it's all above board five euro uh, if it's in the two kilometre radius of Dublin city centre and another five, five euro if it goes outside that all right Uh, it's a new service Shane's cat Shane's cat hole sniffing right I'll do it. I have no problem. So anyway, I discerned that it was Georgie that diarrheaed on the street. And I don't want there to be diarrhea on the street that's belonging to my cat because that's disgusting. And there's children that play out there. There's, you know, there's old men and old women that carry their, tro- you know, their little trolleys and stuff. I don't want them getting into Georgie's poo. So I said to myself, I better fucking clean that up. So I filled a, a kind of a bowl, a dish thing with water And I'm walking out to clean it up. And what do I see? An old man who lives across the road from where she made her um, loosed, bowled deposit. He is coming across the road directly for it with a big bucket of water. Now, this old man can't even, he can barely lift a fucking cup of water. what of, of coffee or anything? He's an old man. He's in his eighties. He shouldn't be going anywhere near this. He can barely carry the bucket. It's taking him a half an hour to get across the road, and he's throwing water on my cat's poo. And so, what would would you do in that situation? Any good person would probably go, "Oh, sir, don't uh, don't mind doing that. I'll clean it, I'll clean that up. Don't mind. It's my cat that did that. I'll, I'll clean it." But you know what I did. You know what? <laughs> you know what I fucking did? I just closed the door. I just closed the fucking door. Turned off the lights. Shh. <laughs> I denied that it was, it was like, you know, St. Peter when he denied Christ. That's what it was kind of like. Nothing to do with me, All right? Nothing to fucking do with me. And I left this old man clean up my cat's diarrhea. And. If there's karma, if there's hell, if the, if there is a God, a Jesus, a Buddha or whomever, they're probably looking down at me with pain in their hearts because they're going to have to send me to hell. All right. That's awful. <laughs> anyway, so now I rang the doctor. I'm like, oh, my God, my cat might be dying because it could be a sign that they're dying. You don't know what cats ring. I didn't ring a doctor. What am I talking about? Imagine ringing your. <laughs> Imagine ringing your fucking GP. Hair, my cat has diarrhea. What can I do? Shane, are you back? Are you? Are you gone off your medication, Shane? Gun on my cat, <laughs> Shane. I. I. I well, do you want me to sign you another uh, prescription for your meds? My cat has diarrhea. What will you do something about it? I sniffed. <laughs> I sniffed her arse. It was definitely her doctor. So anyway. I rang the vet. The vet goes, listen, if it's within, if it doesn't clear up in a day, 24 hours, then go to him. And now every time she's in the toilet, not the toilet, the fucking litter, I can hear her scratching in there to make some room for her, whatever. You know, I don't mind going into so much depth about this. Nobody wants to hear this. My man spends, Harry, you should listen to (laughs) You should listen to this podcast that this fella does. He talks about like mental health and stuff sometimes. And he's quite funny, you know, it's pretty good. And then they put it on and it's me talking for 20 minutes about my cat's diarrhea. All right, this is not a good episode if you're a new listener. So anyway, I go and I check. I have to check every fucking time she goes for a shit. It's been solid so far. I'm like Gillian McKeith. I remember Gillian McKeith. She was on TV. What was I don't know what she was called, but she used to go to people's houses and smell their shit to see if they were sick. Isn't that what she used to do? And then she fainted on the jungle show with Ant and Deck. Do you know Ant and Deck? All right, the presenters. Ant is always on the left, and Deck is always on the right. Did you know that? Because I used to always get them confused. Who the fuck is Ant? Who the fuck is Deck? And then that's a good way of knowing. Ah, that's Ant because he's on the left. Deck is on the right. Anyway, it's beside the point. Who gives a shit about that? Talking about my cat's bowel movements. So I'm checking that. I'm like Gillian McKeith. um, And she's been fine so far. I'll keep you updated if there's any more developments if she has to be rushed to the hospital. But I said I'd let you know because um, I know you'd be interested. I know you'd be interested Because nobody cares about me If I went on here And did a 20 minute fucking rant About me having diarrhea People would turn off in droves So anyway, welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It's great to be here talking to you. Welcome to the Shane train. Welcome on board destination Cork. Let's say Cork this week because we haven't been to Cork before. And the reason this podcast is late, it's later than a Catholic girl's menstrual cycle. I don't know what that even means, right? Don't even try and analyze that. I don't know what it means. But it's late and I apologize. It is you're listening to this on Friday if you're listening to it at all. And I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I went to Cork on Tuesday night and for a gig. And I finished my day job. And I said, I'll get the six o'clock train. I'll be down in Cork for half eight. The show is at nine. I'll be on stage at around ten. Hunky-dory. Uh, you know, everything is going to be perfect. My life is going to be perfect. Well, you know what? Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. They should call that Shane's law. Because I fuck. I could fuck up. uh, I fuck up being asleep. I do. You're supposed to be asleep. You're supposed to be unconscious. Unconscious. That's all you do. Close your eyes for eight hours. I start doing the dancing in the bed. I start fucking falling off the bed. I wet the bed. I haven't wet the bed since I was seven. Um... Which is quite late (laughs) To be pissing in the bed But I remember I pissed in the bed when I was seven But anyway, listen, let's get into that What is this, fucking therapy? Uh, Kind of is, really But I uh, So I went to Cork On Tuesday And I was Everything was set up to be the greatest night of my entire life Tried to get a taxi From here to Houston Station Couldn't get a taxi No fucking taxi wanted me. Ended up missing the train. Missing it. Missing the train. How can you miss a fucking train when you're ready an hour beforehand? All right? I was ready. I was waiting for the taxi. None would come to pick me up. And this is another reason why I'm quitting Twitter again. Because I was this close. Now, if you can imagine, I'm putting my two fingers up to to indicate tiny... Amount. I was this close to going on Twitter and tweeting at free now. Hey, why can't I get a taxi? And when you get to that level on Twitter, when you're tweeting companies, complaints, that's when your time is up. You're over the hill. Get off there, man. Your mind is warped. (laughs) You know, if you're tweeting companies about complaints, you know these people that you see on there. I was that close to tweeting them because I was so frustrated. And I was like, fuck this. I have to get off Twitter. And another reason, I saw a friend of mine, another comedian, tweet something mildly humorous. I can't even remember what it was. About Taylor Swift. Have you seen her army? The Swifties, they call them. Jesus fucking Christ. They came for her like a fucking alligator after... People from Florida Alright Hundreds of Swifties Taylor Swift accounts Just fucking Leathering into her For a mildly Innocuous joke And what I want to know is Alright Where are the Shaniacs online Where are you When anybody Tweets something Slightly mean at me One guy A few months back Tweeted at me He goes Shane You're not funny I'm, I just have to tell you You're not funny I, I asked my wife, I asked a few other people, we listened to your podcast and we we agreed, you you, you just don't have it, give it up and just go back to admin, alright, that's what he said, <laughs> which amuses me because it means that the fucker actually had a committee and a meeting and they sat around, they discussed the pluses and the minuses of whether I'm funny or entertaining and they said, you know what, he's not, <laughs> that was the decision, and you know, I have to accept their answer. But where were ye? Where were the shaniacs like the Swifties? You I, I swear to God, if you want to commit suicide on Twitter, if you want to destroy your account, this is what you do. You go on there and you say Taylor Swift is the most overrated sack of shit since uh, Richie Kavanaugh. And you will be fucking ruined. They will look up things in your past that aren't even bad. They'll find out shit about you that's not even online. About the time you took down your pants when you were three and showed your Mickey to the school teacher. They'll fucking find that out. It's insane. They ruin people's lives. Them and BTS, the Korean uh, K-pop band. If you if you mention the two of those in a slightly negative way, you're getting ruined, my child. It would be like, right, do you know what it would be like? It, there's a Celtic bar down the street here from me, right? It's really national. You know, every time you walk past, they're playing uh fucking Auron, Navian, or uh, come out your black and tans, right? Every time you walk past it, every time there's a Celtic match on, it's full, it's out the gap, right? It would be like Doing that thing Killing yourself online With Taylor Swift It would be the same As if you walked in there During a Celtic match Wearing a Rangers jersey With a Union Jack hat on Alright You'd get your head kicked in You would get It would be The best way I think To kill yourself (laughs) If you're that depressed Going into a really Fucking rough Celtic bar with just the craziest cunts. Or even the opposite way around. If you if you could find a Rangers bar in Glasgow. Walking in there with a Celtic jersey. And start singing. You know. Uh, the Old Triangle or something. I don't know. And you would. You know. That would be a great way to. I think to go. <laughs> to go out. And that would be the same as if you go on Twitter. And you say. Taylors. So the next. I want fucking thousands of you fuckers. And what do they call them? The Johnny Depp ones. They're called the Jannies. If you say anything about Johnny Depp, people come after you. If you say anything about Taylor Swift, BTS, that's it. It's over, right? So I want that for the shaniacs. I want crazy shaniacs. I want you to ruin people's lives. I want you to find out stuff about them cheating on their wives and put it up on Twitter, right? Uh, But anyway, uh, that's Twitter. I'm getting my friend to knock me out again. It's too much time. I'm tweeting fucking free now taxi rank thing nearly. Anyway, I got on the train, or I missed the fucking train. I had to order another train for the 7 o'clock train. So that is already spending €70 on a train ticket to Cork for the two tickets, right? €70 to get there. Then I get there at 10 o'clock. I'm on stage at about quarter past 10. So I have to get a taxi. That cost me another €10. Then I have to go to the gig. Do the gig, it went goes nice enough. I meet some lovely people, a load of shaniacs came, and I uh, got a young fella get, got me to sign a packet of hobnobs, uh, but the marker broke, so I couldn't actually do it. But still, he has some hobnobs so that I touched. <laughs> it's like a relic. And thanks for coming. And I had uh, fucking drinks with other people too afterwards. Uh, there was one lady from Tralee. Or just outside, truly. And she was like, I was at a house party with you 15 years ago. Which is something that you never want to hear in your life. You never want to hear the words, I was at a house party with you 15 years ago. That is something that will fucking put the shits in you. It's like, that's the one of the top five scariest moments. That would be, they should put that in a fucking horror film. You know, the other way they'd have like, it would be iconic. Like, uh, what's his name in The Shining? Jack Nicholson coming in the door. Here's Johnny. Well, if he came in the door and went, I I, I was at a house party with you 15 years ago in Art Furcher Lee, you'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> ah, terrifying. And you know what? I remember the house party. That's the scary bit. I actually remember the specific house party she was... Talking about because that is probably the very last time that I took the drug ecstasy. And it was because of that house party. Because I was sitting in a room full of strangers. All right. I went there with a friend and he went into a room with a girl. I had no, I was 19 years old. I had no chance of going in with a girl to anywhere. I had never been alone in a room with a girl. All right? <laughs> I mean, I was in—I was out the back sniffing the cat's arse. No, I wasn't. But I... So I had to stay in the room with all the people I didn't know. You know, when you're pissed at a house party. And I was so awkward and shy. And so I wasn't saying anything. But I did have some pills. And I double dropped. Like, I was... You don't understand how shy I was with ladies, with the women, with the bjors, with the birds. I just... Like, I used to walk past girls, right, when I was a teenage boy. And they would be a gang of girls. They wouldn't even be looking at me. They wouldn't even know I was there. If they had radar, I wouldn't even bleep up up on it. I wouldn't even be like, bleep. I'd be, I was silent, a ghost. I was not even on, in their fucking dimension. They couldn't even see me. I was invisible to them, right? But even so, I mean, with eyebrows like this and a fucking foreskin that you could stand on. They, <laughs> I know hope. All right. Uh, plus, I was a mumbler, big mumbler. I think a lot of shy people are mumblers. Hold <laughs> up, hold well, up, hold up. Are you right, Shane? <laughs> That's what I used to talk about. Talk like Shane. What's, what, are you, what are you asking for, biscuits? Point to what you're asking for, Shane. <laughs> the, the cuisine, the friends. We're not getting that, Shane. It's too expensive. We're getting the Tesco sliced pan and you'll be happy with it. Uh but so I used to walk past gangs of girls when I was like fifteen or whatever, and uh my legs would completely go. Like they would you've heard like, oh, his legs went to jelly. And it sounds like a cliche thing in a film or a bad book, but that used to actually happen to my legs. And the girls weren't even looking at me. You know, they're talking about hunks. <laughs> and I'm 20 feet behind them Walking in the opposite direction And I'm like oh my god girls My legs just fucking go Like I just got off a boat A speedboat Like I forgot how to walk That's what used to happen to me um, It's like you know when you ever think about how You breathe Do you ever think oh I'm breathing And then you're conscious about You know what I mean You know you you have to consciously breathe That's what it was like with my legs. I had to consciously walk one leg or two leg, three legs. Um, So that's how bad I was with girls. So I wasn't in a house party with any girls. Wherever the room was where there was girls and cocaine, I was never in those rooms. (laughs) All right. I was in the the ecstasy room always. And I remember being at this house party, took my pills because I'm so cool. And uh, I'm not, by the way. Pills are not cool. Don't take them. Don't be like, oh, the fell on the podcast, Mom. <laughs> Darren, why did you take those ecstasy tablets? Fell on the podcast, James. Brilliant podcast. He talks about sniffing cats' arses and taking ecstasy. I thought he was cool. I mean, listen, that's not going to happen. But if it did. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm like the Beatles or something. Yeah, are you turning people onto drugs with your cat sniffing podcast? No. But don't do it anyway. Uh so I didn't talk to anybody, but I took my tablets and I was sitting there in the room and then I I went like blank, you know, I was out of there, I was gone. And I remember I came back like to lucidity just for about 3 seconds. <laughs> you know, Like I snapped back into the real world And I remember looking around Didn't know anybody that was there And they were laughing at me They were like You're very bad man Oh, I remember people saying that to me Hi man you're fucking Hi watch my man He's very bad And it was one of those house parties Where you're with people And everybody's telling each other Their deepest darkest secrets Even though you don't know who they are There was one guy sitting in the corner and he was he didn't talk for about two hours. Nothing. Silence. Eyes closed. Just looking down at the ground, arms folded, chew, chewing the jaw, jaw off himself. And then out of nowhere, he just pipes up. My dad's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it as long as I live. My dad's in jail. And everyone's his friend is like, Shut up, Billy. Shut up. You stop talking about your dad and being in jail. But when you're on <laughs> Pills or whatever MDMA. You'll just say. You'll tell stuff that you wouldn't even tell your therapist. You were telling stuff that you. You haven't even thought about in years. Because it's so fucking private. And then the the worst part is. You're telling stuff about your family. That no one should hear right. Like my dad's in jail. That you shouldn't be telling people at a house party. And then on the Monday following the Saturday. You're walking through the lovely beautiful town of Tralee. Pre-recession and you pass a person and you had just spilled your guts to them i mean you're telling a fucking room full of strangers about your your small back ball and your fucking foreskin that you need to wash out with a with a, a q tip <laughs> right you're telling the stuff but that you shouldn't even and you so you you've told them all this stuff and then you're walking down denny street in Tralee and they're walking by you and you both look at each other in the eye for a second you both know that you know stuff about each other that you shouldn't know and what do you do you just keep on going by <laughs> and you never speak to each other again and that's just the tr- that's 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 just the way it is man it's tough out there um i got some emails and uh, messages from last week and um first one i got was from a fella called Ian <laughs> <laughs> I'll never stop laughing at the name Ian. I don't even know if people are called Ian anymore, and they're just telling me their name is Ian because I find it so amusing. But uh, it was an Ian. One of the Ians that listened to this. I was talking last week about how sometimes men piss on their wife's clothes <laughs> when they're drunk, or they piss in drawers, they piss in fucking wardrobes, they piss anywhere. And I used to piss on the floor. Kira used to what? Got upset. Wiped up my piss with my t-shirt. And now I sit down and piss. Every time. Big sit down pisser. People get upset when I say that. Other men. Women are usually like. Oh really? That's interesting. If I say that to other men. They're like. What? You sit down piss. As if it's sort of unmanly. Or whatever. But I tell you this. It's fucking brave. To go out there and tell people. You sit down piss. But anyway. This Ian fella. Tells me. He. He. Did the, probably the worst piss story that you can do, the worst accidental piss story you probably ever had. He was going out with a girl and he drank a load of cans, Dutch gold or something. I can't remember it exactly. And then he went home in bed with her, probably one of the first. He was only like 19 or something. Probably one of the first times. He was an Ian. Ians usually aren't that lucky in love, right? You never hear of an Ian that's a fucking stud. And he. So this is probably his first time in bed with a girl What did he do? He got up in the middle of the night Pissed on the girl Pissed on the girl Now that is something that you never get over Because My uncle pissed on his wife's clothes And They nearly got divorced <laughs> He was on the couch He's probably still on the couch And that was 20 years ago If he pissed on my my aunt Oh that's game over That is He's having to fly to Cambodia And changing his fucking name To Ian Now Ian who sent me this I want to know Did this girl break up with you instantly? Is she still I mean first of all She might have thought you were doing it on purpose Like you're some sort of pervert Hopefully she knew that it was an accident like I, I, I've said this before. When I was in Laos, I shat in Kira's Ke- hair by when I had diarrhea. So that was a very diarrhea heavy episode. But she s- slept in down by my arse. Her hair was by my arsehole, which I still maintain was Kira's fault. What kind of a person? Like I, what, tonight, I'm not going sleeping with my head, my my face in Georgie's hindquarters. You know what I mean? But anyway, Kira. <laughs> So I, I, I've i told the story before, so I won't go through it again. But that was, you know, obviously that's an accident. Um, and Kira was upset about it, but I was I was dying of dengue fever, fever at the time. But pissing on a girl by accident, that is. Because, no, obviously, the, Ian, you're not with the same girl like, and still. You know, you've moved on, you're in your 40s or something. I don't know how old you are. And she's obviously going through her life. But she'll always think about you whenever she does. She might think about you, her childhood sweetheart, maybe six or seven more times in the rest of her life. And each of those times, she will only think about you pissing on her. Every time she sees you on Facebook, it'll be, oh, yeah, that's the guy that pissed on me. And that's something that's hard to live with, you know. That would be me going into the Celtic bar (laughs) in my Union Jack flag. That's that's what I would be doing. Did you watch the Eurovision? I watched the Eurovision, and it was one of the worst. It's awful, and I couldn't even enjoy it in for a in like uh, a like this is so bad. It's fun way. It was so bad. It was bad. We have a saying down in Chile. Hi, man. You're so bad. You're very bad. And that's exactly what it was like. It was so bad. It was very bad. If you don't know what the Eurovision is, it's where, (laughs) it's where every country in Europe, all right? You know, I have American listeners, so they might be listening to this. It's where every country in Europe picks the worst fucking song that they have, and they put it in a competition to see which one's the best. All the songs were absolutely horrible. And you have to sit there. It goes on for five hours. Mika was the host. He sings Grace Kelly. And I know a lot of people like Mika. They like that song. Fuck. I I always hated it. fuck off. When that song came out, that was one of my... uh, And I know I sound like a miserable bastard, but I didn't like that song. Anyway, not a big fan of Mika. But I saw him on the Eurovision and he was saying, and next up is Poland. But he said instead, and next up is Holland. And he went, oh no, let start with Poland. In front of 500 million people watching on TV. That is something 15 years down the line, he's waking up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat about that moment, isn't it? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. That girl that Ian uh, urinated on. she's wake- She's getting flashbacks To that fucking time I'll tell you I get flashbacks To awkward moments In my life I told you before about My grandmother's funeral I'll tell you again In case you didn't hear it I Did a reading at my grandmother's funeral When I was 12 Balling my eyes out Couldn't even Barely make it through The reading right Stepped off The fucking podium Is that what they call it The altar Came back And one of my cousins was there. She was going to do like the next reading or she was going to do something. And so I came off and I was bawling my eyes out standing there and she stood next to me and she put out her hand. And so I grabbed her hand. I was like, thank you, you know, for giving me your hand in this moment of weakness and, uh, you know, fragility and vulnerability that I'm going through right now. And she went, no, no, will you give me the leaflet with the reading on it? Right? <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. After I squeezed her hand. Now she probably doesn't even remember it at all. I'm sure she doesn't. I still fucking would be sitting there watching the snooker and that'll just pop into my head. Oh, Jesus Christ. My whole body tenses up. <laughs> um, One of the other most embarrassing moments of my life. I don't even know if I should tell this one. I, I might have told it on Patreon like two years ago. I was in Tralee during a gig, all right? This is during the festival back when the Rose of Tralee used to be... This is the most embarrassing moment of my life. Back when the Rose of Tralee used to be the big fucking James Brown played there. Get up off of that thing, all right? James fucking Brown played Tralee. The beautiful South, all right? All those big bands... Gabrielle, all, everyone was there, right? Wesley, all the, all the best, Brian McFadden, all the, all the greats, okay. And there was a guy playing in the town square, big, massive audience. I had, I had been drinking buck fast, all right. I should have been buck slow with it because I fucking knocked it off the head, and I was rotten. And me and my best friend at the time, we were. Acting the old bollocks We were acting the fool Alright We were jumping around the place Drawing attention to ourselves They look at us We're fucking cl- Drunk and Stupid And everyone was People made a circle around us Cause we were being Like We were jumping around shouting And we were like Yes everybody loves us Do you know like in a movie When people start dancing Cool dance And a circle Builds up around them Alright So we were messing Like we were cool dancers Doing fucking breakdancing and shit like that as if we could do it. People were laughing, everyone was having a good time, I was going down on the ground, spinning around, my friend was doing the same. Then, (laughs) oh Jesus Christ. Then, he got on his back and he was bouncing up and down like doing the worm, but on his back, you know what I mean? Bouncing his crotch up and down. And you know what I fucking did? I lost my head, lost run of myself, didn't know what I was doing. (sighs) I, <laughs> I thought it would be funny. Alright? Now remember I was fucking fifteen. I was on bookfast. Thought I was fucking the greatest entertainer in the world. He was bouncing his crotch up and down. I fucking sat on his crotch, straddled him. Like I was riding a horse and started bouncing something down as if he was riding me, right? Took it a bit too far. Took I put my hands up in the air, yes he's riding me. Or I'm writing him I knew that it was just a joke The crowd The shock in their face The turning away Like this is too awkward My friend went What the fuck are you doing Alright Ruined everyone's night Ruined the gig I think it was David Kitt Which by the way isn't the most fucking exciting music (laughs) <laughs> For two fellas to fake riding in the middle of the, of like a mosh pit situation. And me and my friend, we were never the, same. <laughs> never the same again after that. And I still, I thought it would just be funny. It wasn't. It was my first time in front of a crowd taking it too far. Ruined my friendship with my friend. We were never the same again. He went off with other people. I, you know, stayed in my room. And, that i that is one of those moments that i could be fucking washing the wear walking to the shop to buy muffins sniffing my cat's arse and i will get a flashback to that one of the and i will cringe physically and this is 20 fucking 5 years later all right i can still remember the crowd's faces turning from delight to shock to cringe to people elbowing their friends pointing at us going oh, look at them, look at them boys and to my friend going What the fuck are you doing? In front of people Like we were fighting Like a couple I thought it'd be funny Him storming off And <laughs> That is I don't know why that came up But That girl that you pissed on Is probably uh, Gets that moment as well I'm sure you do too Ian uh, I don't know. Remember last week as well I was saying how I was very anxious and I was, I was very bad anxiety. And I also had told you that I had eaten a whole loaf of sourdough bread in a day. Now, I didn't think those two could ever be related. I never would consider eating a whole loaf of bread an anxiety trigger. But then I got an email, or not an email, a DM on Twitter from a person called Hannah. And she sent me a link. To a study that found consumption of of bread to, can be a trigger for anxiety. And if that's true, I gave, I ate enough bread. I ate enough fucking bread that day to give me 17 panic attacks. I'd need 14 courses of Xanax to get through it. And like... I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't eaten bread since or white bread anyway and I haven't been anxious. Now, what I'm going to do to experiment is I'm going to eat a full loaf of sourdough bread again next Tuesday, okay, before the podcast and I'll see if I have a panic attack and that's going to be the scientific study. I'm going to eat one more loaf of sourdough bread and if I have a breakdown and end up inside in a hospital in a psych ward it was the bread I tells ya, <laughs> But uh, Hannah told me it happens to her. I'd never heard of this before. People getting anxiety over bread. But apparently it can happen. That's why anxiety is just a fucking killer, man. It can happen. If anything can trigger it. Bread. I mean. You know. Fucking bread. Where's my bread? There was a drug dealer arrested in uh, Chirley that lived in Gallowsfield and he was arrested down in the town screaming, where's my bread? (laughs) Uh, One Saturday at some other fella. How long am I going on for here? Jesus Christ. Has that been for like 45 minutes? Okay, I think I'm going to end it there because, I mean, I told you about um, my cat. I told you about my trip to Cork, told you about my embarrassing story, about my, you know, feigning uh, sex with my friend in the middle of town, and then us barely ever speaking to, each, speaking to each other again, which is tragic in a way, because that was also pre, like, that was uh, that was around the time of the Iraq war, so it wasn't very... Open, you know. I think a lot of teenagers now would be like, "Oh, you know, they're just experimenting or whatever." But I mean, we weren't experimenting sexually, but I was with comedy, and it didn't work. It was a lot more homophobic back then. So anything that was seemed to be like you might be gay was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." That's what my friend thought, and we, you know, I just wanted to pretend I was right. (laughs) He was (laughs) right for the laugh. All right. So I've confessed all this stuff to you. Told you my worst secrets. I'm a day late. I apologize for that. I'll try not to let it happen again. Thanks to everyone that came out to the shows. If you want to listen to other podcasts and other stuff, it's on the Patreon. There are exclusive podcasts and a few other little bits, and it's you get to support the show. It's only a five or a month. It's like buying me a pint. Um, so you can do that. Patreon.com dot forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast. And to everyone I met, thanks for coming. And there was people that I met from Canada that were over and then they came to my show. Uh, They didn't come specifically to see me. That would be insane. But they were home. Um, Anyway, listen, I'm rambling on now. God bless you all. I love you. Cheers, nice one. Thanks. And hobnob.